extend our imaginations forward into time, into the years beyond 2000 A.D. What strange adventures, what exciting things will we find in the world of tomorrow? 2000 Plus. Today, an adventure of outer space, when the worlds met. It is the year 2000 plus 20. At the giant spaceport in Washington, D.C., temporary capital of the Federated World Government, an enormous throng, tense with expectancy, jams every available inch of space surrounding the rocket landing field. All eyes strain upward into the clear blue sky. For today is the day, April 21st, 2000 plus 20. And audio and telebox networks of the world are at the rocket field to cover the epic event. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the day, the day we've all been waiting for. In a matter of minutes now, out of that brilliant blue sky will come a ship, a spaceship, carrying in its gleaming hold the first load of grain taken from the pits of Luna, satellite of Earth. Since the beginning of time... Now, one moment, folks. There's a signal from the tower. This may be it. Take it away, Fred. This is Fred Haskins reporting from the control tower. Our escort planes have been in contact with the spaceship from Luna for the past 12 minutes. Uh, they are now approaching the field from the northeast at any moment now. We... Nothing on 
are negative. What is it, Johnny? Where's it from? Not from Earth, I'll swear to that. I got a crazy notion, Paul. A crazy notion that someone's trying to signal you. You mean... I don't know what I mean. Maybe the case right. Maybe I got to touch you. Johnny. Johnny, what is it? Look. Look, Paul. Look at the direction pointer. It swung all the way around. Those sounds, those waves are coming from outer space. I think... Uh, Mr. McKeith, 
It will translate thought impulses into any language for which you set the dials. You think of something, Mr. Dixon. Now, listen. First, I said for French. German. Wonderful, these are Chinesen. And English? Don't give her these Chinese. <laughs> you must understand. Oh, excuse me, Dr. Lee, but we'll have to postpone this. Fifteen seconds to go. Better set your dials for remote pickup. Stand by, everyone. Nothing. More power. Well, it's a good try. Wait. I've got that feeling again. My, my, my skin's beginning to crawl. Yeah, yeah, mine too. Oh, no, it's just your imagination. Quiet. They are coming through now. Planet four. Greeting, planet three. Mars. The fourth planet from the sun. Greeting, planet three. Planet four calling, planet three. We are trying to reach you, planet three. If you receive our signal, respond. If you receive our signal, respond. We will communicate again. Life on Mars. This week, ladies and gentlemen, the question that has bedeviled mankind ever since the day he first stood erect and gazed into the heavens has been answered. There is life on Mars. Intelligent, articulate life. The country, the world tonight, seethes with excitement. Has Mars received our response? Has our telepathador succeeded in projecting as thoughts the messages spoken into it by human beings? Or can it merely receive the Peace. Your response received. We can't The time 
moment which marks the beginning of the great interstellar age between worlds, it is fitting that there be between us a meeting of minds. Therefore, we are sending a ship to visit your planet. The ship will depart tonight and enter your magnetic field in seven of our days. Have landing instructions ready. We come in peace. We come in peace. session of the Federated World Government. Never has an assembly meeting taken place of such an atmosphere of excitement, panic, and recrimination. And here on the aroused by the stunning message from Mars have been boiling and clashing all day. I rise for a point of information. As civilian head of the world military government, I want to know why those Martians have beaten us to the door. Gentlemen, gentlemen, if the decision we are to make is to be a wise one, we must lay aside passions and fears and consider the question calmly. The emotions are coming, and we must receive them either with friendship or hostility. That may not be as simple as it sounds. Remember, my friends, these Martians are advanced scientifically, perhaps far beyond us. They have conquered this space. They can transmit thought waves. They may have weapons beside which our nuclear bombs are as toy pistols. Dr. Lee is right, gentlemen. We don't dare fight the war. The risk is too great. They come in peace. They said so over and over again. Let us so receive them. Very well, very well. If such is the will of this body, let them come in peace. But as civilian head of the world military government, I assure you all, we will not be found napping. Earth calling Martian interstellar ship. Earth calling Martian interstellar ship. Here are the landing instructions of the Federated World Government. Three Earth days from this hour, which will be the sixth Martian day of your flight through space, you will be met by an escort of 20 rocket ships. We will greet you in the name of peace. The 20 rocket ships will escort you... Instructions to Commission of Defense. All escort rocket ships assigned to a company Martian spaceship will carry the following armaments. Death fog sprays, magnetic disintegrators, atomic missiles class B... All weapons shall be on the... And upon your entry into the Earth's atmosphere, you will circle our globe once, and then make landing at our spaceport at Los Alamos, New Mexico, which will be ready to receive you. The spaceport of Los Alamos shall be mined to a depth of 50 feet with tritonium landmines. The field shall be encircled with radioactive flamethrowers and a reserve force. From the landing field, you will be conducted to the seat of the world government at Washington, D.C., where you will be received and housed in suitable accommodations. We will welcome you in peace. Check out. We will welcome you in peace. We hope. Thank <laughs> you.
came to hand me a crackpot assignment like this. Oh, Johnny, you're the big space man. You're supposed to know by instinct what's suitable accommodation for a Martian? Don't be silly, Terry. I haven't the slightest notion in the world what they look like except some crazy ideas I picked up from science fiction. I don't know why. All right, all right. That's why we're here. The head of our anthropology section has more ideas than any science fiction writer you've ever read. Now, here we are. Ah, Gary, come in. Hello, Professor. Uh, this is Mr. Dixon, the young man I told you about. I know, Mr. Dixon. Professor, I've got a problem. Terry and I have discussed the problem. It is my theory that the Martians will, in most important respects, have the characteristics of uh, the Earthman. Oh, what's the basis of your theory, Professor? It's very simple. <clears throat> the accomplishments of the Martians parallel our own. Only a being with opposable thumbs can fashion the intricate devices necessary for spaceships. Only a being with a nervous system like our own could master communication. Only a creature with a brain like ours could dream of peace. Makes sense, Professor. Uh, that's one side of it, Johnny. A lot of other anthropologists think differently. Ah, uh, yeah, that is so. They feel that the Martians living on a dry planet with little vegetation and very little water will be creatures that crawl on the ground like our insects. Enlarged a few thousand times. They may look like enormous ants with oversized antennae. I give up. With 48 hours left, I can't prepare accommodations for every conceivable form of life. I just have to improvise after they get here. I just hope they don't get too sick when they first look at us. <laughs> Yes. 
settled on our soil. We salute you, the emissaries of space. We wait eagerly for your appearance. Now, the blue mist has completely vanished. All eyes are on the ship, waiting for the first Martian to appear. There is no sign of activity yet. Will you respond to our greetings, Martians? Will you make your presence known? Nothing stirring. No gangplank lowered. No sign of life. Perhaps they were not prepared for atmospheric conditions here. Perhaps on the very brink of success, death has struck within that awe-inspiring vessel. A tremendous section of the ship's bow is opening out in front. Like a gigantic tongue, it thrusts forward and drops to earth, forming a great raft from the ship to our soil. And now it's down, and the surface of the raft, the surface of the raft is like nothing ever seen on this earth. A shimmering, impalpable iridescence, unbelievably radiant and beautiful. The throng of spectators is silent, motionless, scarcely breathing, waiting to see the first Martian emerge. And still, nothing. No one. No thing comes down the ramp. There is nothing but silence. Listen, that must be the Martian communication vibrations we were told about. Then men on the field are operating the receiving device. Well, men, we ask that you send one representative to board our craft. We assure his safety. I don't 
don't understand. What do you mean? Through the dark spaceways we came to you, in peace. You said to us, come in peace. But the escorts you sent to honor us were armed for destruction. The very ground on which we now rest seeds with radioactive potential. Wait! You've misunderstood us. These weapons are for defense against you, not attack. Many cycles ago, we of Mars learned, as you Earthmen will someday learn, that wars are fought, men are slaughtered, civilizations wiped out by those who attack with weapons of defense. But our world is at peace now. Your peace is not peace. It is a thin cloak which covers the hates and fears and savagery of primitive beings. Observe, Dixon. On this large visit screen, we have for hours been viewing your people in many parts of your Earth. Watch. Listen. I warned you it was a trap. We'll never again see Dixon alive. I told you not to trust foreigners. Just give me the word and I'll blast them all into kingdom come. You must not be deceived. He's only one man. The rest of us are different. Are you? Look at this. From another part of your civilized earth. You have been invited to a party. You have been guilty of bourgeois thinking. You have shown yourself to the enemies of our people. You will pay the penalty. But first you will confess. Confess? That's a backward part of our planet. It's not fair to judge by them. Then we reveal a more civilized area. The country of your birth, Dixon.
2000 Plus is produced by Sherman H. Dreyer and Robert Winolson. In today's story, Ken Williams played Johnny, Louis Van Ruten played the voice of Mars, Lon Clark played McCabe, Frank Behrens was the senator, Amzie Strickland was Terry, Sanford Beckert was Paul, and Gilbert Mack was Dr. Lee. The orchestra was conducted by Emerson Buckley, music composed by Elliot Jacoby. Script by Judith and David Public. Sound by Walt Shaver and Al April. Engineer Bob Albrecht, and your announcer, Ken Marvin. Program transcribed. This is Mutual Broadcasting System.